The Braves beef up for the second half. From the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, this is the Braves Report presented by Kroger, the podcast that takes you inside the clubhouse and give you the stories behind the score. I'm Jay Black. Justin Toscano is off for this week, taking a well-earned all-star break. So we've got a heavy hitter coming in off the bench. AJC columnist Mark Bradley is here. And, uh, and Mark, it, uh, it finally happened. We bring you in on the Braves Report just in time for the Braves to lose their first series in a month and a half. Yeah, well, I've been I've been saying for the last couple of months this this is a team is flash in the pan. It's never going to amount <laughs> to anything. So, no, I I mean you know, would you have picked the Braves to to lose a series to the White Sox? No, um, but you wouldn't have picked them to lose one to the A's either. So it, it's just it's baseball. What are you going to say? As they say yeah. in baseball, that's baseball. Well, uh, coming up, we'll get to Mr. Bradley's thoughts on uh, what we saw during this pretty special first half. Is it World Series or bust now for the Braves and what they'll need to do in the second half to keep it going? And what should Atlanta worry about, if anything? Plus, we'll get into a little trade deadline talk. This is your first time listening to the show. Welcome aboard, and please make sure you follow us on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcast. This is the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, presented by Kroger. And there's nothing like a good hot dog, nothing like a good burger on a summer evening And if you love to grill, or if you love to eat off the grill, your local Kroger store has everything you need to own your summer cookout. Dogs, burgers, buns, steaks, ribs, sides, decorations, get them all at your local Kroger store, or head to Kroger.com slash summer grilling to see the latest deals. So first, let's go ahead and kind of get this series out of the way. And uh, Matt Olson said on Friday, everybody needs a break, despite how hot this team was playing. You know, we were playing playing good ball uh, there before the break, and... And leading up to it, and you know, sometimes when when it's going well, you're not sure if you want the days off. But uh, I think everybody, uh, you know, throughout the course of the season, you need you need that blow. I guess the only thing we can really take from this week is um, you can never have too much pitching, and the Braves have added to the DL a little bit. Yeah, um, you know, the the series itself. I mean, you know, it, it, it's just a series. But the thing about the the bullpen is short now. Uh, Minner's on the DL, Chavez is on the DL, um, Anderson's on the DL. Of course, Matt, Matzek has been gone all year. Anytime you lose a couple of guys out there, that puts you in the position of using a guy, using a couple of guys you, you a lot earlier than you would be using them in a normal game if you if you were at or close to full strength. Conveniently enough, the uh, the trade deadline is uh, coming up August first, and. Uh, I think every contending team pretty much adds at least one reliever uh, at the at the deadline, because you know even bad teams have good relievers on them, yes. and uh, and they're all looking to shed salary. And I mean we've we've certainly seen this with the Braves. They've been they you know I think they've gotten a bullpen guy just about every every year under Anthopoulos, and one year they got three. So I I, I would be surprised if they don't go get at least one and maybe more than one this time also. You've seen every elite Braves team in Atlanta since you started the Atlanta Journal Constitution. What, 1986? Uh, 84, thank you. 1984. Thank you for coming close. Yes. Pretty close, yeah. Um, So you've seen all the pennant winners. You've seen both world championship teams. Amongst all those teams so far, how impressive has the last six weeks been? Uh, This is the best Braves team I've ever seen. You know, again, we're saying this as of July 16th, that's the best Braves team I've ever seen. Now, you know, we've still got ways to go, and we've still got October and a little bit of November. But I, 
ESPN had a stat the other day that the Braves are leading league in uh, in uh, ERA and they're leading it in uh, OPS. And apparently, the the only team, the only five teams in history have done that. And one of them, one of them is my beloved twenty seven Yankees. <laughs> so, uh, so I mean, this this is a special team. I mean, they today, notwithstanding, they can really pitch and they can really hit. Up to now, their bullpen had had the uh, the best ERA in the National League. So, uh, and their starters had 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 the best ERA too. And it's you know even without uh, Max Fried and Kyle Wright for a long time. So th- this is. I was I was on a radio show the other night and and John Fricky asked me about the Braves and I said you know if you sometimes you ask yourself what would what would a team look like if it had an all star at every position well it would look a lot like this team got all star uh, at every position in the infield just about yeah and and uh, <laughs> counting catcher yeah so uh, yeah it, it's it's a really really good team I don't now I will say. I don't know that this is a particularly strong year for the National League. As of Friday, the Braves were on pace to win 109 games. I don't think anybody else in the in the league was even on a pace to win 95. Uh, the, you know, there this is you know this isn't a particularly strong Dodgers team. The two teams that everybody was going wild over back in the spring uh, were were San Diego and uh, and the Mets, and they're both still under 500. And you know. Philly is getting better. Uh, I, I would say that Philly is definitely the team to watch right now for the Braves because, you know, we saw what could happen in the postseason with the Phillies last year where you don't need necessarily a five-man rotation. You can get by with Wheeler and, and Nola and uh, Ranger. But still, I mean, nobody else in the National League is close to the Braves. Good teams aren't going to get worse over the long haul. Good teams are going to – the more good players you have, the more they're going to play well over the long haul, and and the Braves are going to win a hundred games, and and that hasn't happened. That's happened a few times, but it hasn't happened uh, very much. Uh, of course, it happened last year, but as of right now, I, I, this is the most talented and the strongest Braves team that I've seen in thirty nine years plus that I've been here. Which team held that mantle before now? You know that's interesting because obviously the '95 team, everybody would say, "Well, there's there's your world championship team." First one, they were a very ordinary hitting team. Now they pitched like nobody else in in the world, but they weren't. I think they hit 250 on the year, uh, and and you know the team they played in the World Series, the Indians hit 290. Yeah, Braves really were, you know, they they had a lot of good players that year, but they didn't really have a spectacular offensive season. And, you know, of course, they got in the World Series, and I believe they won game six, won nothing. So uh, sometimes uh, good pitching stops good hitting. I think the two that I would look at, you know, it's odd because this is one of the two, this is one of the Braves team that didn't even get him, even get to the World Series. But it was the '93 team, uh, which ended up winning 104 games with with Fred McGriff, and, and uh, you know that was that was a tremendous team, and it had to be because yep. as as we well remember, if you'd want if they'd won 102 games, they wouldn't have made the playoffs. So they were that was a great team, and it just happened to hit. Stop me if we've already heard this one, but it hit it hit a Phillies team and at the wrong time in a in a in a short series, and uh, that was the end of it. I would also say uh, 
the 96 team was, was very, very good. But I would probably say the 98 team was, was the best of, of the post-93 bunches. That, that's the one that won 106 games and uh, I, I think destroyed the Cubs in, the, in round one. And then they just hit San Diego, which was a team, you know, it was okay, but they lost in uh, 10 innings to uh, the Padres in game one here. And then the, Kevin Brown shut them out the next night. And so they're down 2-0 going out there. And then Hoffman strikes out uh, Javi Lopez at a key moment in game three, and they're down 0-3. Somehow they come back to win the next two games and force a game six. And it's 0-0 in uh, the seventh inning, and then uh, the Braves fall apart, and it's 6-0. And the MVP of the uh, of that NLCS is the legendary Sterling Hitchcock. So that, <laughs> I that, forgot that, about the legendary oh, Sterling yeah. Hitchcock. The, the, the two left the, you know, the left-hander won his two games. That was because that the Braves were much less uh, – they had a platoon that year, and their, their left-handed platoon was not nearly as good as their right-handed platoon. And that really showed in the two games uh, against Hitchcock. Speaking of MVPs, this is the Ron Lacuna discussion now. And the Atlanta Braves have, have had Dale Murphy, Terry Pendleton, Chipper Jones, Freddie Freeman win MVP. Freddie in the COVID year. If Acuna keeps this up, where is this season going to rank in Braves lore? I'd have a hard time thinking. I, I mean, Pendleton, Pendleton won the batting title in 91. Good player. Murphy was a two-time MVP. Great player. Chipper season. I mean, he he was. That was the year, I believe, that both Javi Lopez and Andres Galarraga were out, and Chipper essentially carried them to the title, to the division title, and of course burnished his legend by killing the Mets for the hundredth time in his career. And Freddie, of course, he's he's Hall of Famer, great player. I, I would say that Murphy seasons were really, really big, and his first one was good, but his second one he got even better. So that was a tremendous season. But Acuna is is looking at just insane numbers this year. 40 home runs, 40 stolen bases, 10,000 runs scored in the first inning. Uh, I mean, he, he's Trout-like right now. The difference being he's playing for a great team, and Trout has never done that. And I would say that Acuna right now is, no question, he's a unanimous MVP as of today and uh, has a real chance to be one of the greatest seasons any player has ever had. Even when you branch it out like in all of Atlanta sports, he might be the most exciting person to take the field since Michael Vick. Vick would be certainly way up there, yes. And that's uh, Dion Sanders would be way, way up there. Dominique Wilkins, pretty far up there. But that it's a pretty short list. I don't disagree with that at all. I mean, just think about the pressure that the other team faces every game, knowing that guy's batting first. And you have to ask yourself, okay, would it be better for him to hit a home run or would it be better off if we walked him so he could steal second and then put <laughs> pressure on me in that way? You know, would I take, would I rather it be one nothing or maybe four nothing or three nothing? So it, it's a tough one. And, you know, I, I don't, I mean, there have been great leadoff hitters all across baseball history, but I, I don't know that there's ever been one as scary as this. I mean, Maury Wills was great when he was, when he stole 104 bases in one season for the Dodgers. I mean, Lou Brock, same thing. Uh, Ricky Henderson. But I don't think any of those hit 40 home runs in the season. And, you know, it, it's he's just he's just incredible. 
Moving past uh, the non-Acuna division, you wrote in your Bradley's Buzz newsletter, which you can only get if you subscribe to the Atlanta Journal-Constitution by going to subscribe.ajc.com slash podcast, where you can get three months for 99 cents for unlimited digital access. You wrote about trying to find the Braves' second most valuable player. Who would that be? Yeah, I hit on Elder because I, and that that's sort of a positional thing because, you know, if, if you take away his starts this year and, and just give give them to an average pitcher, the Braves wouldn't be eight and a half or nine and a half games in front. They'd be, you know, they'd be good, but they wouldn't be as good as they, they are. And, uh, you know, for him to do what he has done in a year where uh, Wright and, and Freed have, have only worked five starts each, that that's a big deal. And, uh, you know, Strider has been really good, but Strider hasn't, Strider's not leading the league in ERA. No. And uh, he might've been for a while, but he's not now. And, you know, also Charlie Morton's been really good too, but, you know, you need three starting pitchers. They can, you can get by with three and a half starting pitchers over an extended period, and that, that's kind of what the Braves have done. But if, if you take Elder out of that mix, you're looking at a lot of bullpen games. And, uh, you know, did I see Elder coming? No, I didn't. I, you know, he didn't even make the team coming out of spring training. And uh, he's leading the league in the ERA. Their farm system isn't what it was, but the one thing they have done under Alex Anthopoulos is – they're picking later in the draft, but they're making some pretty sagacious picks there when you look at Harris and, and Grissom and uh, Strider and Bryce Elder. Do you think Sean Murphy was going to be this good? Nope, I did not. I, I thought he'd be okay hit, good glove, good arm. Uh, and he, he's been he's been excellent. I, I, I don't know that he's ever hit like this, but yeah, I mean, I didn't know he was this good. I thought he was a nice pickup. I didn't, I didn't think he was like – a not-too-far-down ballot MVP candidate. So that, that brings us to the guy who got him here, the architect, Alex Anthopoulos. If you had to pick one GM and give him five years to build a baseball team, you taking Alex now or John Sherholtz circa 1990? That's a really great question because uh, it was a different era then because the Braves were able to go out and, and get some fairly big-name uh, uh, free agency. They were obviously owned by Ted Turner back then. And, you know, the the first really, really big moves made by uh, uh, John Charles were giving Sid Breve and Raphael Balliard and Terry Pendleton all in the same offseason. I think Otis Nixon came just at the start of the 91 season, too. So that, that was a major talent infusion on that team. And then um, after the 92 season, he signs, like, maybe the greatest free agent ever. And, well, I don't know, Barry Bonds signed that year, too. <laughs> So maybe the greatest free agent pitcher ever in Greg Maddox. And then he trades for Fred McGriff. So, I mean, they, they were able to, you know, I don't know that the Braves, this, these Braves are, would be able to do that on, on the spending level. So maybe, you know, I, you can't say anything about John Charles except maybe the greatest GM ever. 14 in a row, one, one World Series in both leagues. If he's not the best GM ever, he's in the conversation. But Anthopoulos, he's right there too because and and he's done it. You know, he inherited a, 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 the number one farm system in baseball, and that that's a really good thing. Sherholtz inherited Lavin and Smoltz and Avery and and uh, Chipper Jones and, and David Justice and Ron Gant. So you know that the Braves didn't have nothing when he got here, and and they when Sherholtz got here. And they didn't have nothing when Antopoulos got here either. But it's amazing that those two GMs show up and they don't do anything except finish first, 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 
for forever and ever. I mean, you know, it, right now it's pretty hard to look at this race team and think, you know, oh, they're probably going to slide back to third next year. I mean, come on. This, if, if any team in baseball, can, if you can look at it and say that one's set up for a really long run, just look at the length of these players under names of these players under lengthy contracts. And it's pretty amazing. You know, it's one of those things you can't say anybody's better than Scherholz, but you can certainly ask the question and, and I can like uh, him and haw to the point where I finally say, I don't know. Pretty good question though. <laughs> yep. Well, coming up, uh, we'll talk about what has to happen in the second half for the Braves to finish this thing off. This is the Braves report from the Atlanta journal constitution presented by Kroger. What's so great about being a Kroger Boost member? Free delivery on the Kroger products you love and more rewards too, like double fuel points on everything you buy. Experience a new level of membership, starting as low as $59 a year with Boost by Kroger Plus. Learn more at Kroger.com today. In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces, as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. Uh, it was a very special all-star game for Braves country in Seattle this week, and the Atlanta Journal-Constitution has marked the occasion. If you missed it, we've printed a limited number of Braves all-star keepsakes, special sections, and pretty cool posters to honor the eight Braves all-stars. So if you want to make this part of your collection, if you're a subscriber, you've already gotten yours free in last Sunday's e-paper. But if you're not, you can also go to AJC.com slash Braves News where you can also turn these posters into some pretty cool plaques. So head to AJC.com slash Braves News and take a look today. Now, let's take a look at the second half and uh, not to draw the ire of a Giannis Antetokounmpo because I would never want to do that. But uh, is this uh, is this a World Series or bust now for the Braves? You know, we know that the best team in baseball doesn't always win the World Series. We, we actually kind of saw that uh, in a good way about two years ago where the 88 win Braves won the World Series. So, um, and saw it last year when a third place team won the pennant. Yes, we did. Go back to um, 2019, where the Braves, I think, won 97. The Dodgers won 100 and something. And the team that won the World Series was uh, the wild card Nationals. It, it, it happens. It's not World Series or bust. I think you kind of have to look at the 21 world champs as being, you know, even if they don't win it in a time where you think they should, like maybe last year, that kind of took the pressure off a little bit, I think, because they, they, they kind of won one that maybe they shouldn't hit. That said, how many times have we heard about the about the 14 division titles in a row team that had only won one World Series? Well, you know, that's the thing you remember about the team of that era, for better or worse, is, you know, they went one for 14 in postseason. I don't think the Braves are going to go one for 14. I think they're good enough to win two, three, four more World Series. But you have to do it. And to do it, you have to sometimes get lucky. And you can't necessarily chart or, or count on luck going your way. You know, I, I think this team would be awfully hard to beat in a best-of-seven series. But as we just saw, that in a shorter series, 
a lesser team can, you know, all it takes is, is one game to swing it. Like, uh, you know, the Phillies coming in here and stealing game one last year. And then all of a sudden the best of five becomes a really dangerous thing. And three days later, you see why. But I think it would be a disappointment to everybody if this Braves team doesn't at least get to the World Series. And, you know, once you get there, there's something to be said for, you know, you still want to pin it. But, you know, how many times have the Dodgers been here? Yep. How good have the Dodgers been lately? And how many World Series have they won? They've won one, and they won it in a COVID year. And they were down 3-1 to one against the Braves in the LCS of that one, if I recall. You know, baseball is tough. And I know Atlanta fans who've heard all this, you know, for many, many years since the 1-for-14 postseason, that's not what they want to hear. But I think right now Fangraphs is giving the Braves like a 25% chance of winning the World Series, which is really, really high in baseball. Like nobody else is even is even over 15. But still, that's a 3-4 and four chance that you don't. Yeah, and uh, and and that's kind of what you're looking at, and 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 that's why you know, I think we can say it will be a disappointment if they don't win the World Series, but we also have to realize that winning the World Series is is not like the best football team in the NFL winning the Super Bowl because best teams in football tend to win, or teams with the best quarterbacks tend to win, but it's different in baseball because so much of it is. What's the health of your pitching going into the postseason? Because, you know, pitching is, even though there are a lot of great hitting teams make the postseason, you don't often win the World Series just because you're a great hitting team. At some point, you're going to have to, you're going to have to win 3-2 or 2-1 or one nothing games. And do I think the Braves are good enough to do that? Yeah, sure. But being good enough and and doing it are, are, are two different. Is there anything that, that worries you or that the Braves should be slightly concerned about or needs improvement about the way this, this team is constructed as we as we head toward the trade deadline? Well, I think if they get freed back, that's the biggest concern gone because, you know, our, our, you're looking at a proven number, number one guy who has won the clinching game of a World Series. So, you know, that's the, exactly the kind of guy you want pitching big games in October, and he's – done it he's and it's one of the reasons he's great so um they get him back that's a big big deal um and and he would appear to be on track to getting back bullpen that's a little that's a scary thing too but like i say you can find some arms at the deadline and i I would be very very surprised if they don't add somebody who's capable of working the seventh and eighth inning because you know minter is a big guy in in the bullpen he hasn't had the year that he had last year. But, you know, he's been a big guy in this bullpen for a long time. And uh, he, he's been pretty good in postseason. And I, and I think that, uh, you know, that, that's also the kind of guy you want pitching in October. And uh, if, if he's not there, they need to find somebody who can do what he's done in postseason's past. I mean, you know, the, we go back to 2021 and the, that bullpen, I, I, I mean, you know, so many Braves – we talk about Jock Peterson and, and Eddie Rosario and uh, Jorge Soler, but that bullpen was just amazing. And if you were looking for an MVP of the entire postseason, Matzak had to be that guy. He was, he was, you know, you kept thinking, how is he getting out of these jams? And then here he'd do it. And he was just, you know, and some of the games that he threw against the Dodgers were just like, you know, th- those are things you remember for a long, long time. How much 
is it fair to expect Max Freed to be Max Freed uh, if he's pitching in October? Well, you know, he, he's obviously going to be working on a shorter season than you would have thought. But that that could have a that could be a blessing. You know, instead of throwing 220 innings on the season, he might be throwing 75. If that makes him stronger for October, I, I think he'll take that because obviously they've gotten by without necessarily needing him right now. But they're going to need him pretty soon. Something we hadn't really, you know, talked a lot about since the the season started, which is probably a, a good sign, is oh yeah, we began the season with a lot of dramatic rule changes. Have you noticed them after you know first couple of weeks? What I've noticed is that I can you can watch a baseball game without investing half your life in it. <laughs> I mean, you know, it, it's like yeah, I mean, this the game is so much better now, and and you know we can argue over whether the shift thing is a good thing or a bad thing, but I I, th- I think that. What we can see is that the clock has speeded things up. There's more stolen bases now. You're seeing games under three hours, which you would never see. Uh, and especially now, we have to wait and to see what happens in October because, as we know, those games can go on like nobody's business. You know, they go on nine inning Red Sox Yankees games would be, you know, four hours and fifteen minutes. But I think the pitch clock is has been the greatest thing to happen to baseball. Um, I don't know, maybe since ever. I think it's a pretty good deal. <laughs> I, I I really do. I really do. I mean, I, I think every, the pace of everything, I think the other professional sports were much better than baseball. It, it would have been harder to be worse than baseball in recognizing that, the, that their games were starting to drag. Uh, you know, the NFL went to like a running clock. The NBA tightened up stuff. NHL did, but baseball was just sitting there watching games get longer and longer and longer and wondering why young fans, there were no young fans. Well, this is, I don't know if this is drawing a lot of young fans, but I know it's keeping a few older ones uh, more interested because us old folks tend to have to go to bed at a certain hour. (laughs) How is history going to remember Ron Lacuna's stolen base situation? Um, I don't think there will be a Huge asterisk put next to this one. He was stealing some bases before this happened. And now it's like, you know, it has really made it an even bigger deal because that threat of him, that first inning threat that we were talking about earlier, I mean, that's like walking in, it's a double. There was a time there where, because everybody's trying to hit home runs and lift the ball, they were thinking, well, you know, let's, let's give guys a chance to hit and not open up a base where they can walk them or stuff like that. Now it's like, let's see how fast and how far we can go here. And it's really pretty exciting to watch, especially if the team you're watching the most is like the Braves, where they've got guys that can run. Quick look at what's coming up next. Uh, The Braves will be off on Monday, then three with Arizona and three more with the Brewers. And that kind of sums up the National League right now. There's, there's There's a lot of good teams out there, but as you mentioned earlier, is there anybody that really scares you if you're the Braves right now? Well, you know, the Dodgers The Dodgers have always been able to pitch. I mean, you know, going back to Koufax and Drysdale and Johnny Padres and Don Sutton and Burke Hooten and, you know, they, they've always had pitching. But they don't really have a lot of pitching this year. Uh, Dustin May's hurt. Bueller's coming off uh, Tommy John. Name for a Dodger pitcher. Kershaw's on the DL. Urias has had a bad year by his standard. I mean, they... Dodgers are always very good at preventing runs, and that's one of the buzz phrases in baseball is run prevention because 
You know, there are a lot of things you can't control, but one of the things you can kind of control a little bit is how you position your defense, how your pitchers pitch, what pitches they throw. And that all falls under the category of run prevention. Now, the Dodgers are always great at that. Well, they're not great at it this year. They're not very good at it at all. You know, I I mean, obviously, the Dodgers have two of the best players in the game, Freeman and Mookie Betts. But beyond that, I mean, you know, they don't have Trey Turner anymore. They don't have uh, Cody Bellinger. They don't have Justin Turner. I mean, they're not the same team. Now, that doesn't mean that they couldn't win a, a series in October or two series in October, but they don't really scare you the way the Dodgers teams before do. Um, Arizona, you know, I, they're coming in now, and I'm, I'm kind of anxious to see them because I think they're pretty interesting. Uh, Brewers, I don't know. I think the feeling is that the Brewers are a team that's always working at a little bit of a talent imbalance, even though they're, they're pretty good in the regular season. Um, the Reds, the Reds are, you know, they, they would be fun to watch just because of Ellie De La Cruz, but... You know, they don't prevent many runs. They're like 27th in the majors in runs given up. Um, Now, a lot of that has to do with Great America Ballpark. But I would say that right now, Philly would be the team that I would probably look at as thinking that could be the team again. But there's there's nobody that's going to look any better three months from now than the Braves do. So uh, it's just a question of, who wins, who plays better when it matters most. And sometimes people think, well, it, it all comes down to wanting it more. Well, it's, that's stupid. Everybody in the postseason wants it. I mean, you know, it's not like, eh, yeah, let's finish second. That'd be good. Uh, you know, everybody wants it. It's just generally it's who pitches better because anybody can hit bad pitching, but hitting good pitching is, is a little bit tougher. How do you describe what happened to the Mets in 2023? You know, the weird thing is, too, that everybody uh, – that we all thought that maybe losing their closer might be a big deal, but the, they've actually – their bullpen hasn't been the worst of it. They just – you know, they have a 38-year-old pitcher and a 40-year-old pitcher, and neither of them have been very good, Verlander and Scherzer. You know, they really haven't hit the way you thought they'd hit. They've done this several times, but they – you know, they're one of the teams that kind of tries to throw big money at people and then just – call it a team and that doesn't always work uh, and and they're kind of one of the the case studies of how it doesn't often work uh because you know this this is the team that when was the last time they won the world series 1986 that's right that thing about adding verlander to scherzer i never bought into that one because i'm thinking you know they're paying like 86 million this year to two guys who are you know almost 86 year olds old come between them that's correct. Yes. Uh, so it, it's they also had a lot of pressure on them too, yeah. because they you know the their owner after he signed almost Carlos Correa uh, said yeah this this puts us over the top, and then Correa didn't show up, and then all of a sudden you're you're looking at a slightly lesser team, even though Correa hasn't had a very good year in Minnesota. Um, I don't know. It, they're just sometimes teams just don't fire. And this one hasn't. I'm more surprised about the Padres being under 500 than I am at the Mets being where they are. Because generally speaking, hitters tend to project better than pitchers because, you know, so much of pitching is whether or not the arm's healthy. But, you know, you would think a team with Soto and Machado and Tatis 
and Bogarts, you would think there's no way that team couldn't hit. And that team has not hit. I, I don't know how that happens, but it has happened. And, you know, sometimes, too, the hype of an offseason is not the best thing for your team. We've learned the Braves a lot. haven't won the offseason in quite a while. Well, they won in the division. I, 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 I tend to remember them winning the offseason the year they got uh, Justin Upton and BJ Upton. And, uh, oh, that's a good point. <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, uh, yeah, you're right. They don't. You know, and it's weird, too, because Alex Anthopoulos, going back to his Toronto days, he had a, he had a year where he won the offseason. And that first team of his, after, after the big uh, R.A. Dickey trade, was not very good. But the next year, they won it. They won their division. So maybe sometimes it just takes a year for everybody to settle. But, yeah, winning the offseason in baseball is getting to be the thing you really don't want to do. We will skip the Ask Justin segment this week because the star of the Ask Justin segment is on vacation. But we will wrap it up with uh, winners of the week. So, uh, Mark, you go first. Uh, winners of the week. Uh, well, National League won, didn't they? Uh, <laughs> for the first time in a while. <laughs> that's pretty remarkable. The uh, No, they, National League, that's pretty good. I mean, look, give it to the White Sox. They took a series at, uh, at Tourist Park from the best team in baseball. That, that's a pretty good deal. I'll uh, give it to Charlie Culberson. He finally got in the game. Yeah, he did. Yeah. <laughs> it took until the ninth inning of a blowout yeah. six weeks with the yeah. roster, but Charlie Culberson finally yeah. So appreciate you stopping by the uh, the Braves report, and we'll have you back again soon, Mark. Appreciate you asking me, sir. All right, and uh, don't forget to please rate, review, follow, share, subscribe, tell your friends, tell your enemies. We'll be back next week and every Monday on the Braves Report from the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. When you're looking for leading cardiac treatment, look to Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with five emergency cardiac care centers, so we're here when you need us most. We lead with more than 55 locations in Georgia. That means we're always in the heart of your neighborhood. We lead with clarity, because clear direction is better when it comes to understanding every step of your treatment. Northside Hospital Heart Institute. We lead with heart. The AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC.